Well, episode 14 of Inside CHSL is upon us. Jeremy Otto alongside Brennan Johnson here today. Reminder to subscribe and rate us. Google Play, Spotify, iTunes. You can search us on Google as well, Inside CHSL. On Twitter, at Inside underscore CHSL. And our Facebook and Gmail as well, Inside CHSL at gmail.com. This is our last episode until April 3rd, so a little bit of a, a break for us. We'll kind of wrap things up here in the winter of sorts. I'm, I'm sure we'll have some things to talk about. Hopefully we have some you know, state champions to talk about on April 3rd and maybe even feature one of our guests then. But it's been an exciting winter, and, and by no means is it over, but uh, don't miss us too much, I guess, right? Yeah, I guess <laughs> not. But, no, it's been good. Obviously, the Catholic League championships have all now wrapped up. We're getting into state tournaments. We've already got some state tournaments done when you look at a sport like wrestling. So, uh, you know, we're going to get into hockey coming up, girls' basketball playoffs. So the, I mean, the state tournament are well underway. Boys' basketball are underway as well. So a lot of great stuff to talk about again this week, Jeremy. Let's roll right into it. J&B's top highlights from the previous week. We go to the pool. Catholic Central, third consecutive Catholic League championship uh, in swimming, right? So congratulations to them. Obviously, it's been a a pretty good last couple weeks for Catholic Central Athletics and and the swimming team doing their part. What's an interesting note here, Jeremy, three straight times for CC, but this is the first time since 1974 Mm -hmm. that Brother Rice has not been in the top two at the Catholic League Swimming Championships since 1974. That's saying something. I mean, this Catholic Central team, I mean, they've already beaten some top teams in the state. We talked about Mm -hmm. it, you know, five or six episodes ago, how they were able to beat, you know, the number one team in Division II in in Farmington at that Oakland County meet. And, you know, they have some guys that are really rolling and everything kind of points to after they finished, you know, oh so close to a state championship last year, mere less than a second in terms of separating them from a championship and not you got to feel that they're going to try to seal the deal this year. Yeah, no doubt about that. This is the year they take that next step through the state tournament. And uh, you've said it, they've beaten some really good teams. Obviously, they're very, very talented. And that goal is another state title and a banner at Catholic Central. There's no doubt. Moving on to number two now, we've talked so much about you know how competitive boys basketball has been this year, and we've talked a lot about girls basketball as well, but maybe we didn't give them enough credit in terms of that competitiveness up and down the league. I mean, you look at the district titles, there were nine of them among Catholic high school league schools, and, and a number of teams still going for it in the state title. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I mean, this... In and itself, there were some great matchups this year. There were some great wins and some good upsets uh, along the way as well. It was a fun field in girls basketball. No doubt about that, right? So you mentioned nine Catholic League girls basketball teams won district titles. Let's just take a quick look at the regional results from the regional semis. Marion was able to pick up a win over Gross Point North. Detroit Renaissance defeated Mercy 56-33. If Mercy had won, that would have been a regional final matchup. In Division Two. Divine Child fell to Detroit Edison 67-42. But St. Catherine of Wixom able to pick up a win as they beat Warren Lincoln 58-31. 
Cranbrook season came to a close as they fall to Emily City 51-32 in Division Three. Lutheran Northwest did beat Liggett 56-34, but Shrine advanced to the regional final after a win over Dearborn Advanced Tech 55-14, which I have to just give a quick mention. I was at the Shrine Foley District Final game, and man, did just Shrine look good. They showed up ready to play. They were not losing that final home game on their home floor. Uh, those seniors... No, you just kind of heard the vibe. It's, hey, we have our biggest rival on our home floor in a playoff game, an elimination game. Yeah, not tonight. And they just came out ready to go. And and you just saw the seniors prevail, and Shrine was good. There's no doubt about that. They moved to a regional final now. Uh, in Division Four, Waterford or Lady of the Lakes, we talked about them through the Catholic League playoffs that, hey, they're finally getting healthy. They started to get hot. They had success in the Catholic League tournament. They're headed to a regional final as they beat Deckerville 47-39. And then also in Division IV, Genesee Christian 55, Cardinal Mooney 42. Cardinal Mooney, an impressive district title win as they beat Parkway Christian at Parkway Christian uh, and unfortunately fall in the regional semifinal. But taking a look at it, you'll see if Marion can defeat Detroit Renaissance in a regional final. Yeah, and that's probably the biggest one to watch. You look at Shrine too; they could find themselves in the quarters, and then you just you could go as far as possible from there. So, overall, good success by Catholic League girls basketball teams. Moving on to number three, and I'm going to do a slight switch here. Jeremy and I have our rundown, but Jeremy, I'm going to pose the question to you. Oh. Something we wanted to do was <laughs> talk about our top highlight. From the winter sports season. So you think through to the numerous sports, the numerous games, the numerous big moments, and there's plenty of them, but your top highlight from the winter sports season, at least to this point, Jeremy. Yeah, and, and that could certainly change. Like, like you you mentioned there, is there's a lot more to go, but I think look at hockey stands out for me. I mean, unfortunate for them that they launched just recently to Country Day. I mean, that, that's a Country Day team, though, that a lot of people predicted would be right there for a, a state title in Division Three. Now they'll play Calumet, which will be a, a real dynamic matchup. But overall, I mean, you beat UD Jesuit, who was rolling. I mean, they were absolutely rolling. They had beaten... Gross Point South down the stretch. They'd beaten Trenton. They had tied um, Brother Rice leading into things as well. This was a UD team that was hot and showed no signs of slowing down. And on the other hand, this was a Liggett team who was just kind of out there. I mean, it wasn't somebody that we really noticed as somebody that could make some noise in the state playoffs, but they turned it on at the right time. And we talked about it kind of all season long in the podcast how key a hot goalie could be, and Grant Lindsay was that. I mean, he was a guy that was on, you know, uh, on the radar as one of the best goalies in the state. Now he's really, I think, pushed himself to the forefront after his 46 saves versus UD, another, you know, 26 as well versus Gross Point South. Bigger saves coming in, although the volume wasn't there. A guy like Dud Wood, he's only a sophomore. I'm really intrigued to see what he has as a junior next year. So this is a Liggett team coming from nowhere that that could make some noise next year in the state tournament as well. No doubt. No doubt. Well, I'm going to take a look at my top highlight from the winter, and I'm going to go back to the basketball court. It's not a secret. I'm a basketball <laughs> guy, right? And and I had to think about this because there were a couple couple moments, right? And I debated. You could look at Our Lady of the Lakes and, and, and the just resurgence of them. Mm-hmm. You could look at Bishop Foley girls basketball and what they were able to accomplish with such a young team and those freshman guards, especially really playing a key role. But 
The thing that stands out to me is just the three-game series between Marion and Mercy. And both of them picking up regular season wins. Mercy winning the Catholic League title. Now Mercy is out of the playoffs before Marion. And we'll see if Marion's able to find a way to beat Detroit Renaissance. Just interesting dynamics. And Marion having girls out of town on you know on a school trip, then coming back for the Catholic League final. There was just so much of a storyline. Mm-hmm. Both of them having to survive tough Catholic League semifinal games versus Father Gabriel Richard and Divine Child. It just, everything about it just, it, it was intrigue. And, and to see that matchup and to continue talking about that matchup and to see Mercy win the Catholic League title, but how they've went back and forth, to me, it's just kind of been the highlight when you look at the basketball court. Of course, boys basketball, the easy answer would say the success of Orchard Lake St. Mary's, right? They've got to keep going. They they should keep going. Uh, they should be playing that last weekend in March. But, you know, other than that, uh, you know, girls basketball really had the better storylines throughout the year. We're going to talk about Operation Friendship a, a little bit there as well. You mentioned Orchard Lake. I mean, they... Secure a 70 to 65 victory in overtime versus Cass Tech. Number nine in D1 is Cass Tech, according to the MHSA. Number one is Orchard Lake St. Mary's. The Eagles were leading 44 to 25 heading into the fourth. And you think about a fourth quarter in high school basketball, it's eight minutes. So that's, you know, it seems insurmountable against, you know, probably the top team in the state at that point. You know, Cash shot 10 to 16 down the stretch in the fourth, tied the game at. 54, and then Orchard Lake kind of had a similar awakening, if you will, in overtime. They scored in every possession. They were able to notch 12 of 13 free throws in the overtime period. Lauren Bowen was even quoted as saying, hey, yeah, I, I took some extra free throws after my performance versus UD Jesuit in the Catholic League final. So this is is another chip in the road, I think, for Orchard mm-hmm. Lake. And they've really, you know, the one loss to Beecher, but you've beaten Clarkston, which is considered to be one of the top teams in the state, have the best size in the state probably mm-hmm. with your seven-footer and your other Mr. Basketball candidate. You beat, you know, UD in a diverse environment when they're playing their best basketball in a situation where they've played well in a Catholic League final. You play some other top teams in the state and knock them off. Is there anything left for Orchard Lake in terms of adversity to face? Maybe. And I mean, you never know what the state tournament's going to be like. Obviously, Operation Friendship is is heightened. There's a big crowd there because of all the buzz around the two Mr. Basketball candidates. But I think they'll at least face one more game just like that. And, you know, whether they win that, whether it's, you know, in the state championship game or before, I think it might be before, is it going to determine whether they take it home, right? Yeah, no doubt about it, right? And I don't want to spoil too much of our basketball predictions we're going to get into, but the bottom line is, the target only continues to get bigger, and you're at a point now where you're going to get everybody's best shot. Everybody's. On just a moment, we're going to have Mitch Hancock, the head coach of Catholic Central Wrestling, on. Brendan's going to chat with him. Excited to hear what he has to say about you know everything surrounding that program with the illegal slam, but more importantly, certainly what uh, you know his athletes were able to do on the individual side and taking home yet another state championship. So that interview in a second, but we want to remind you real quick to subscribe as we take this break. We want a load of subscribers and followers on Twitter and all that good stuff. Google Play. Spotify, iTunes, search us on Twitter at inside underscore CHSL. Beef up those Facebook likes as well. It's inside CHSL and our Gmail, inside CHSL at Gmail. 
Catholic.com. Well, we're now joined by Catholic Central Wrestling Head Coach Mitch Hancock. And Coach, thanks so much for joining us today. It was uh, quite a last couple weekends for you in the Catholic Central Wrestling Program. And, you know, just first of all, congratulations on both the team state championship and your individuals that won state championships. Well, thank you, guys. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I consider it an honor and excited to talk a little bit of uh, CC Wrestling. So thanks again for having me on. Well, obviously, CC Wrestling is very historic. Four consecutive state championships, uh, eight in the last 10 years. What made this group special specifically uh, that allowed them for the fourth year in a row to win a state title? Well, extremely talented, as you guys well know. Um, you know, our senior group was uh, was remarkable. We had seven seniors in our starting lineup out of eight, um, but all contributed in one way or another, uh, whether it be on the mats, off the mats, um, in the classroom community, and so on. Each had a different, uh, you know, element that they brought to the team, which was pretty neat. But I can tell you this as well. Um, this team was uh, extremely goofy, uh, extremely fun to coach, forgetful. Uh, we picked up more articles of clothing, headgears, and so on all all across the state. Um, terrible dancers, terrible book uh, book club members. We uh, shared a book together this year uh, called The Energy Boss. Um, and uh, needless to say, we had a lot of fun with that book. And But outside of wrestling, just an enjoyable group to be a part of. Um, you know, teenagers at that. Um, very, very dedicated and committed to their sport um, and just uh, really, really enjoyable to be around as a coach. Well, and you mentioned the the impact of your seniors. How special for these seniors to be a part of state championship teams all four years of their Catholic Central experience and uh, you know career on the mat? Yeah, remarkable. I, I think in 10, maybe 20 years, they'll look back on it and appreciate it. First time it's happened here at Catholic Central. Uh, through our wrestling program, one of the only times it's happened in Division One. I. I know Davison uh, quite a few years ago uh, rattled off five consecutive. Uh, but for most of our guys, obviously uh, very, very uh, appreciative of the opportunity to wrestle in the state championships, uh, not only once, but to, to have the opportunity to do it four times, I think speaks volumes about their ability to prepare and work and, and stay focused on trying to accomplish the, you know, the ultimate goal of, of winning a, a state championship and using that pl- platform to, you know, honor Jesus Christ and God. You know, you talk about being able to do something pretty special and, how hard is it to maintain that success year in and year out? You're, you know, any coach that's lucky enough to get a special group, a talented group, win one, maybe win a couple with with a particular group of seniors and things like that, it's already impressive and remarkable. But for the last 10 years and really beyond, but you look at eight and 10 years, how difficult is it to sustain that consistent success? It's challenging as a coach. It's, it's rewarding. It's challenging in the same breath. Uh, you know, we pride ourselves on the fact that we have a very committed coaching staff. Anthony Biondo has done a remarkable job as a, a head assistant. Obviously, he could be a head coach anywhere in the state, but chooses to coach at Catholic Central. And I have a number of other gentlemen who have been with me for a number of years, and Bob Moreau, Mike Carrier, Matt Steintrager, Sam Amin, uh, Dave Beasley. So the list goes on. Uh, just a very committed staff. Most of those guys have been on my staff for over a decade now. So I think the sustainability has a lot to do with them and what they bring to the table. 
And on top of that, uh, you know, I tell our guys the same thing. You know, your your success on the mat, your success in our community and off the mat, obviously uh, allows other young men to come in. It, it, it has an eye. There's a spotlight on our program across the state, and I think other individuals want to be a part of that. Not only in wrestling, but want to be a part of the Catholic Central culture. Um, and I, I think that's huge for our environment and our school. No doubt about that. You know, you, you talk about attention surrounding your program, and there's no doubt that there's been a lot surrounding the illegal slam call in the 189 matchup featuring your manual Rojas. And um, obviously they make the call. Rojas is deemed concussed and no longer able to continue with the match and is deemed the deemed a victory. What's your take on the the reaction of everybody um that, that's kind of come your way and surrounded your program. And obviously, as you guys had to prepare for the individual finals following as well. Yeah, it, it was a difficult situation all the way around. I, I think it was a no-win situation for both programs, um, you know, in, in saying that. However, you know, we have to keep the safety uh, in the mind first of our student-athlete. You know, Manny was brought down pretty hard. We had a 125-pound match where a guy suffered a um, an unsportsmanlike conduct penalty, uh, a blow to the back of the head. Uh, we went out there. We follow our protocol. Our protocol is to get our trainer on the mat, have him evaluate our athlete, and then obviously, if able, to return to action. Um, and the same thing happened at 189 pounds. Um, 189 pounds, he comes down hard. Uh, we consider it a head or neck injury. We always ask for an evaluation of our trainer. We ask for our trainer to obviously get up on the platform and evaluate Manny. He was um, uh, unable to do that. He was nowhere to be found. I think he was attending to a different athlete. Um, and a doctor, an MHSAA-appointed doctor, someone who we have no association with, was the one who stepped up on the stage to evaluate Manny. Once he evaluated Manny, he indicated that he was going to go into concussion protocol and be further evaluated. At that point, all coaches and all outside influences were taken out of that situation. So there's no doubt in my mind Manny wanted to wrestle. We wanted him to wrestle. Um, you know, he's a, he's a warrior. He's a, he's a great competitor, as you witnessed in him winning the 189-pound state title. So for, for us, it was a no-win situation on both ends. However, you have to keep in mind the safety of the athlete. So the remarks, the comments afterwards, um, you know, I, I understand those. I understand the frustration. Um, I understand the the um, you know the the fans and and parents of of people uh, in Davison being frustrated with that that that's common and and that was expected. I just I wish people would understand both sides of the situation and really evaluate both sides of the situation prior to sharing um, their comments on social media because I know that was pretty hurtful for Manny, his family, uh, especially with him being such a young man. So I think people need to reflect and understand that their words can be very hurtful. Um, and, and really evaluate situations prior, you know, to making those comments online. I mean, we discuss that every single day in the high school with our young men. You know, you have a digital footprint that follows you for the rest of your life. So you have grown adults making certain comments, which can be frustrating. I just wish everyone would either prey on it, wait on it, and, and get both sides of the story before commenting on it. But uh, overall, I, I can't tell you how... I don't know um, how, I guess, inspiring uh, Manny has been throughout this entire process um, and staying strong, obviously, in dealing with all the backlash and comments. And then as well as Alex Facundo, the other young man, um, number one in the country, committed to Penn State. The way he handled it was, was with extreme class. So I think a lot of the adults in this situation could have really have learned a lot from the students in this situation, the young men that were on the platform mm -hmm. competing 
um, and, and use them as obviously reflections before broadcasting anything out on social media. Sure. And coach, I appreciate your thoughts on that. No doubt about it. You know, it's something that was definitely a factor though, in surrounding you guys as you had nine individuals getting set to go to the state finals. Uh, six of them ended up winning state championships. Just talk about, you know, that and, and the success that they had um, and, and the perseverance of those kids to kind of tune all of that out, stay focused, go and have success at the state individual meet. Yeah, we, we knew what we were in for. Um, we, we prepped the guys starting on, on Monday and, you know, just ask for God to bless us with his armor, his armor of protection, you know, the helmet of salvation, sword of the spirit, you know, just shield of faith and just to, just to, to honor us and just to, to bless us and protect us and allow us to make sure that, you know, our tongues were blessed and our patience levels were blessed. And, you know, we understand what obviously Jesus Christ went through too. So when he was persecuted, but at the same time, a completely different level, we took those lessons and applied them with our young men and just said, Hey, you know, you may hear some comments, you may face some difficulty, but it's on you to walk with your chin high and make sure that you're representing Catholic Central, the Archdiocese of Detroit, um, you know, and the Catholic League with, with honor. And I, I think our guys did that this weekend, setting a D1 record, putting nine in the finals, winning six titles, and, and just really wrestled with the level of confidence and, and poise that was impressive and I think, uh, you know, will we'll be talked about for a long time. Well, Coach, your class act, I appreciate you joining us today and giving your thoughts and just congratulations again on all of the success for your team and, and those individuals on your team as well. Yeah, we appreciate it, Brendan. Thanks for, for having me on, and, and thanks to, to Mike Evoy and Dick Michaels and the Catholic League for all their support and all that you guys do, and uh, we look forward to continuing to represent you all with pride. Absolutely. Coach, thanks so much. Thanks. Have a great day. You too. That's some really good stuff there from uh, Mitch Hancock. We appreciate him coming on in a, a situation like this. It's not easy to you know, deal with a, a situation and or talk about it uh, at the high school level, but I think the, the thing that comes to the forefront is, and we talked about it last week, in terms of thinking about the kids and thinking about the athlete. That's what has to come mm -hmm. to the forefront when looking at the situation. And you know, maybe some ha haven't really put that to the forefront, unfortunately, who have reached out or, or commented on social media, and that's, I guess, the toxic nature of what social media can be. The thing is, let's just be clear, Coach was quite a class act, and, and Coach said the right things, and when you take a look at it, though, at the end of the day, Jeremy, you're 100% correct. It's about the kids, and the thing that if you're Catholic Central, you walk away with because people were upset that you know they called for a trainer after the you know Rojas yeah, supposedly was able to you know kind of pop back up and go, but very obviously he was not okay to continue, which is why the MHSA doctor ruled he needed to go into concussion protocol and be removed from the match. Right? If you're a parent, this is what you would want for your kid. If you're a coach, that's what you want for your kid. If you're a kid, maybe in the moment you're upset. And you might always wish you could have continued to keep going in that match, but you never risk it. All that's talked about in coaching is putting your kids in the best position. And the number one priority is health and safety. And Catholic Central did what they were supposed to do. They made sure that their student athlete was in a proper condition to compete. Bottom line. And it was very clear he was not 
which is why the decision was made. So I, I, I can, I agree with coach. You can appreciate the frustration. You can appreciate people being upset, but this is not, this is not a blown call that changed the outcome of reality. This is a, Hey, there was, there was an illegal slam and the student athlete was injured, could not continue. And that's what was in the student athlete's best interest. And, and, and I don't think that's getting enough appreciation. And coach was just a class act about, you know, handling that the right way and, and talking as positive as he can. And, and that's what you do when you put the students first. You, you go out and, and, yeah, even though I'm sure that was very tough to say, I understand and I appreciate people being upset, he's going to defend his kids. He's going to do his best for his kids, uh, and, and it's admirable. So, you know, I appreciate Coach taking the time to talk about that and, you know, just know that the uh, that the Catholic League definitely supports him and Catholic Central and, you know, doing the right thing, making sure that your student athlete is is okay and healthy to compete. That's the bottom line. You would never want to see a kid concussed, go out and compete and further injure himself or herself. So uh, I just want, you know, I think we got to be clear about that. And big time kudos to everybody that wrestled individually as well for Catholic Central. Mm-hmm. I mean, you got to think that they, these, you know, the athletes are in the forefront too. And maybe there's some talk back and forth that shouldn't be happening or, or wasn't warranted between, you know, whoever and them. I mean, they're ultimately... You know the guys performing out there too, so they're they're affected negatively, unfortunately, by by the situation as well. But big time mm-hmm. credit that they how you know they were able to take it home nearly as well as they did, you know, as a team and individuals as well. It's so unfortunate how just disgusting social media can be sometimes, and and you know how strong people feel, you know, typing on their phone or typing on their computer. It's not even typing on their computer. Who's who's on social media on their computer anymore? It's typing on their phones, <laughs> right? But uh, but everybody, you know, with their Twitter fingers going out and, and, and taking jabs at, at kids. It's just, it, it's not right. And it's unfortunate that that's, that's a society we live in. And I think it's it speaks a lot about the student athletes. And, you know, Coach gave credit to the young man from Davison as well and how he was really just a class act in the way he handled the situation and while it went down. And, and hopefully those adults maybe learn a lesson from from the student athletes and you recognize that maybe our coaches are doing a good job and our schools are doing a good job uh, of instilling good values in our kids of sportsmanship and uh, just being humble and appreciative and all those good things and and part of that's being cognizant of the way you go about treating people both in person and online and maybe people will recognize that and, and look back on this with some regret, remorse, but overall, everybody can then move forward. All right, now time to dive into our things to watch our last since or until April 3rd. Got to get this right, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess we do. Well, let's talk about girls basketball again. I know I spent a lot of time talking about it earlier in the podcast, but there's several regional finalists within our Catholic League of Girls Basketball teams, and I think you can expect a couple of uh, regional mittens to come back home. Uh, Our Lady of the Lakes should have a nice matchup in Division Four against Genesee Christian, and Shrine in Division Three should have a nice matchup against Lutheran Northwest. Both of them should be in a position to bring home regional titles. Of course, St. Catherine's in a regional final, as well as Marion is in a regional final. Both of them tougher draws, not impossible, not impossible, 
but I think you, you'll see at least two regional titles coming back to Catholic League schools. Absolutely, and it'll be really exciting to track whether one of those schools can make a run in that uh, girls' basketball playoff. You look at the hockey semifinals and finals, so Thursday, this Thursday when this comes out a day later is when the hockey finals will start. That's March 12th and 13th, the semifinals from USA Hockey Arena, then March 14th will be the state championships in Division One. Two and three. We do have three representatives again, so we'll see if Brother Rice is able to advance like everybody thinks they would. But how about what everybody else thought would happen in Division Two didn't? Uh, Trenton stepping up and beating Livonia Stevenson and by storm. It was five to one in that contest. We talked to Sean Belize and he believed that you know it would be a, a shoe in um, Brother Rice and Livonia Stevenson matchup the way that Stevenson had kind of cruised through the regular season. So can Brother Rice get there with a, a win over Marquette? I mean, they've really flown through the slate themselves. 8-0 over White Lake Lakeland, 9-1 over Lake Orion, 6-1 over Port here on Northern. So they're trying to, you know, kind of get out across that hump. And, and you think if there's any team left, Rice and CC, probably the two sure bets for a state title if you're going to pick two. Yeah, no doubt about that. It's the bet that's what we've talked about all year long. Right, we've known those are two teams that could clearly win state titles, and it's not surprising that both of them have, you know, continued to maneuver their way through the state tournament. For Brother Rice to do it in such convincing, convincing fashion, so yeah, it's kind of been what we've talked about pretty consistently. Of if you're gonna if you're gonna pick two that that have a real good shot, I feel like those are safe bets uh, if you're gonna make them. And then in Division Three, Midland Dow going to take on Riverview Richard. That's a team that's really intriguing in themselves. Six nothing over Carlson. Six nothing over Riverview. That's the the biggest win there. And four one over Chelsea. They they face a Midland Dow team that beat Grand Rapids Catholic Central in a thriller themselves. Three overtimes in the quarters it was a three two final there. But if Richard can pull it off, and you potentially have how about that? You could potentially have a sweep. They're going to have to beat Calumet or Country Day, which is going to be even tougher. Um, than anything they've seen thus far. But, you know, they could be the story of the year if they're able mm-hmm. to cruise through D3 like that. There's no doubt they could be. And obviously another talented team that's really came along this year. And they've got the toughest road. CC and Rice, it's not going to be easy. But for Riverview, Gabriel Richard in Division Three. Division Three has been looked at as just maybe the most talented, the toughest division to win of them all, just with how many good teams are stacked at the top, right? So I think when you still look at a favorite, it's probably Country Day. But I, I think Richard's got a great chance to get to the final and beat Midland Dow. Midland Dow is very good. You talk about their quarterfinal, triple overtime thriller. But the bottom line is River Richard's pretty darn good as well. They've got to win two really tough games if they want to win a state title. But, heck, if they do, they will be more than deserving. And maybe Liggett just hands the upset baton to Richard. How about that? <laughs> That'd be really cool to, to see those two teams do what they uh, did if Richard is able to finish it off. Yeah, no doubt. You know, then we look at boys' basketball, right? So we've talked girls' basketball. We've talked hockey. Boys' basketball, playoffs underway. Kind of shocking to see Brother Rice out uh-huh. on the the first day of districts. And, you know, you look at it, Orchard Lake is expected to make a run. The team for me, though, if you're really looking, is UD Jesuit. They have been playing really, really, really good basketball. 
And if De La Salle is able to turn things around and get out of a district, you could very likely see a De La Salle U of D regional final matchup playing for a trip to Callahan Hall. And then anything can happen from there as you're looking at possibly making a run back to the Breslin Center. And wouldn't that just be remarkable for U of D and the young team they have to just really come alive? And especially the way they started the year, competing but losing some closer games and thinking, man, you just don't have enough because they're young. And those kind of teams go one of two ways. You get a lot better, you start to win some of those games, and you start playing really good basketball, or you get demoralized by those close losses. You get demoralized by just every game there being something that holds you back, and the season crumbles. For U of D, man, have they stepped up. They got back to the Catholic League final. Of course, they didn't beat St. Mary's, but getting back there was a huge feat in and of itself. Man, they're just they're they're a fun team to watch. They're a talented team, and, and and they've got a real good chance to make a run. I want to be positive about my pilots. I think they have an opportunity to do so as well. De La Salle's a team that could at this point, I think they could beat anybody, but they could lose to anybody. And and that's just a matter of they've been inconsistent shooting the ball. They've played really good defense lately. They've been really holding teams, you know. To, to a maximum of 40, 42 points. I mean, yeah, yeah there have been some higher-scoring games along the way, but defensively they've been able to slow teams down, force bad shots, but they got to find a way to score the ball, and that's not been a consistent thing every night. Well, we want to thank everybody for, you know, kind of going along with the ride for us in this pilot sort of season of Inside CHSL. We made it through the whole winter here, and it's been a lot of fun. We've had a lot of great guests. I mean, Lauren Bowman sticks out as one of the best, and mm-hmm. even the one today. And Mitch Hancock, you know, they provided some really nice insights. We we thank everybody for coming on, and we really want to uh, encourage anyone, if you have any thoughts on what you'd like to hear maybe in our, our spring season uh, coming up on April 3rd, some top highlights that you see throughout the winter when we're gone. We'll certainly share some of the, the ones that we missed uh, back on April 3rd, but anything that you think, or maybe it's positive feedback as well. Hey, we like this, or we don't like this, or <laughs> we don't like the host fire them. Maybe maybe that too. Be careful now. Come on. <laughs> Be careful. Google Play, <laughs> Spotify, iTunes, Twitter, inside underscore CHSL. Again, that's inside underscore CHSL. Find us on Facebook and certainly email us inside CHSL at gmail.com with any of your thoughts. Quick off the rip, what are you looking for in spring? Wow, that's a good question. I'll be honest. Uh, you, you look at Orchard Lake St. Mary's baseball, they're going to be fun, fun to watch. So I look forward to following them, seeing that. I look forward to seeing who else in the Catholic League really steps up. Right, Everybody's kind of talked about St. Mary's as the favorite. Everybody else is playing for you know, second, third, fourth in the Central Division. Um you know, what teams in the intersectional are going to be good this year, right? If, if, you know, does a team like Cardinal Mooney come out and play pretty good baseball? They have a lot back. So there, there's some interesting teams to watch. You, you look at lacrosse and you kind of expect the top teams that are traditionally there to be good. Are there any surprise teams in lacrosse? But the big thing I'm looking for in the spring is being able to actually enjoy being outside watching some games. So that's exciting. I'm ready for that. 
Well, thanks to everybody that has helped put this together. Mike Evoy, Vic Michaels, Ron Pangborn, Alex Westfall, Steve Wedrock, anybody that we're missing, certainly all our guests that have joined us throughout uh, these 14 episodes of the uh, first season of Inside CHSL, April 3rd. Uh, we'll record on April Fool's Day. That should be fun, right? On uh, a- April 1st. So that, that it'll be a fun time to launch our, our spring season. It should be. Just... Uh... Be on the lookout that day. All right, rest up. Enjoy the rest of the MHSAA playoffs around all the sports, and we'll see you on April 3rd.